This is Christine from Michigan here to talk to you about a little show called Journey Quest. Journey Quest! Oh, that's terrible. This independent, award-winning series follows an adventuring party on a quest to find an ancient artifact. The Sword of Fighting. They're being hunted by assassins sent by the evil rulers. Wicked kings. It's in the name. As well as orcs who are a little miffed at their party's fighter. You killed every single orc to cross our path, and, and some that were nowhere near our path. Journey Quest is fan-funded and creator-distributed. The first three seasons are available on Amazon Prime and the Fantasy Network. Season 4 is currently up for funding on Kickstarter. Please check out this unique gem and add your support to the thousands of fans who have supported the show through the years. Get your donation in by July 12th. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever live Set Lusting Bruce um, episode, podcast. Um, this is new to me. I've never done it before. Uh, so um, going to see what happens. I've invited people to join me. Uh, we're working through the um, different kinks. So we're going to talk about um, Bruce's new album. And I'm hoping I get a few people. Um, so um, if you are here, it uh, looks like James just joined us. James, can you hear me? I can indeed, Jesse. Well, very nice. It is glad you're the first to join us. Um, <laughs> I've been telling everyone, I've never done this before. So um, this will be interesting. Yeah. Um, well, while we're waiting for the people to point us, what's your first thoughts about the album? Well, first off, tell us your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is James, and I live in Dundee in Scotland. Very nice. And uh, so, initial thoughts on the album? My initial thoughts are, well, uh, probably as expected from the from the early tracks that were, were released, is that it's, uh, it's very much a, a theme album. I really like it. I really like Bruce's tone. I really like his his kind of overall approach to the whole thing. It's almost a concept album. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Hang on that. Um, e Street Shuffle just joined us. Uh, can you hear us? I can. How you doing, Jesse? Good. Give us uh, your name and where you're from. Hey, everybody. My name's Ken Rosen. I am originally from Philly. Uh, been in Seattle, Washington for the last 20 years or so. Very nice. Uh, so I don't know if you heard what James said. I did not. I just okay. showed up as you thought. Okay. Me. <laughs> um, all right. So, James, repeat what you said, and then I want to hear what you think. Uh, uh, I was saying that uh, basically it strikes me that, that it's almost a concept album. It's almost like a Western concept album. Uh, yeah. And I, re I really like that it's, it's a very mellow Bruce. You know, he's, he's quite restrained at times. It's powerful, but he's not really lashing out there. He's, he's keeping it on the, you know, a steady level. It's definitely contemplative. Yeah. That's kind of the word that everyone heard it. I yeah. like that word a lot. Um, you know, I, I was 
someone was kind enough to give it to me a little bit early through Dropbox. Um, and I'm glad because my my um, copy showed up at work, but I don't have a CD drive, uh, you know, on my laptop. <laughs> that must be very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so luckily I had already heard it. And so um, and then the uh, CD I ordered uh, from uh, Backstreets hasn't shown up yet. Um, but I've got to hear it. I, I loaded the CD into my car. I've been listening to it. Um, apologize to all the podcasts I usually listen to. I'm going to be really <laughs> delayed on my podcast for a while. Um, and what I found as I was listening yesterday, you know, I, I, I put my headset on, I, I was playing the music while working and everyone kept going, are you on a phone call? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, it's a very, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's a wonderful background album. It's a very, it, it is, there's a couple of great songs that I could see would be really fun in concert. But in a lot of ways, this is just kind of a, a listen to it, you know, as you're, as you're sitting there, you know, in the dark, you know, mm. just kind of thinking of things. Uh, if you're alone in the car, that's what I was of, thinking. You know, <laughs> just driving this, album. Yeah, yeah, just as you listen to it, kind of give you company. Mm -hmm. uh, it really caps. It creates a mood very well. I think. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. I find that it's um. The first thing that went to my head as I heard the album is it made my ears happy. It's actually the nicest. <laughs> sounding album yeah. like from a production it's point of view absolutely yeah. a lot of the last few albums kind of had a very harsh uh loud sound to it and this is just so yeah pleasant it's it's a really it's the, the production job they've done on it is really good yeah. and particularly with the because he's got the live orchestra mm -hmm. stuff that could yeah. very easily just overwhelm it and it doesn't it's, it's kept very yep. clear and and kind of mm -hmm. enhances it rather than just overpowering it yeah I totally agree. It is such a smooth sounding mm -hmm. album yeah. and it's so well done. And you're sitting there going, Oh, this is great. I, I love the different, as you talked about the orchestra, um, his voice is very strong. Yeah. His voice um, is amazing. It, it is is breathtaking at times. I was like, holy cow. It wasn't just that I didn't know he could sing like that anymore. I didn't know he could sing like that at all <laughs> at times. You know, and I, I found myself, and this is kind of backwards, but I was thinking, wow, I wish Glenn Campbell was still alive. <laughs> yeah. To hear him cover a couple of these songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's so, you know, and Hello Sunshine made me immediately think of Glenn Campbell and, and the Jimmy Webb songs. And a lot of them, it is just this beautiful, I think in a different, if this came out in a different era, um, it would do very well on pop radio. Mm -hmm. We're not in that level now, but like in the, exactly what he's talking about in the seventies. And you know, when this is where you're thinking of late sixties, seventies, uh, several of these songs would be, really well played on both country stations and pop stations. Yeah, definitely. I think he's, 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 he's paid homage, I think, to, to some of those artists that influenced him without just doing a rip off, which, you know, I think is just demonstrates, you know, his, his power as a, as a songwriter that can, can 
take influences and then and then make something of them because that's yeah. not easy to do i don't think no and there's a lot of discussion that little steven and other people said that if bruce had wanted to be a pop you know mm -hmm. like in the brill building back in the day yeah you know or something where he just wanted to write pop songs he could mm -hmm. uh i don't know if you guys heard but um Rock in the Suburbs podcast did a week of Bruce uh, this past week in honor of the new album coming out. Mm -hmm. They did Monday through Friday of Bruce and they did a different album. They did Born to Run. They did five out the five albums in a row. They said that they made the argument that they don't know if another artist had five such strong albums in a row mm -hmm. to go from Born to Run to Born in the USA. Yeah. You know, um, and they talked about, you know, the story that, you know, Dancing in the Dark, like, okay, you need a, you need a more of a radio friendly single. And he goes, yeah. writes it and comes back and goes, what, how do you do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and he did that right from the beginning. I mean, that right. when he, when he was doing greetings, that's what they said. We don't hear a single. And he went away and wrote, blind, wrote Blinded by the Light. You know, he's, he, Absolutely. He's, it's one of those, I remember, I think it was on the, the documentary for the river. Um, where that, where um, they were talking to Stevie, and Stevie said he's always got like twelve singles that you can just produce, and mm -hmm. it's incredibly annoying for guys who don't <laughs> can't do that, you yeah, know, who who labour away at a song for days and days and days, and Bruce is just like snaps his fingers and there you go. He's, he's got this great knack for, and he always has for being able to write amazing, like hooky pop songs, but he's always had something to say at yeah. the same time, right? Yeah. And the something to say always trumped just the pure pop yeah. pleasure, you know, I want to say fluff, but not in a, not, a, not in a bad way, in a negative no. way, like just in a fun way. Like I think he, it's his outlet and he likes that, but you know, like when you're an artist, I think you also want to say something, right? And I think that's always what sort of kept, he, he had this sort of, um, phantom career kind of going yeah. under the surface if you actually trace all the stuff that came out in tracks and it's the yeah. in the vault and I, it's just I all underneath it. it's it's maybe john landau um <laughs> and and stevie and other guys who, who have had almost pressured him along the way to to keep some of that lighter stuff in there and say you know yeah. this is going to be really popular you know yeah. you maybe it is, doesn't give the greatest message that you know you're really wanting to get out there but it will be successful well but sometimes you know if you look at even his lighter stuff and, and you really go and you go back and listen to it, there's some darker, more serious oh, themes that are there yeah, underneath definitely. it, right? And mm -hmm. and sometimes it actually it actually adds to the album as well when you go back. Yeah. I mean, even like, you know, we said like Dancing in the Dark, if you actually think about it, that's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a, a serious it, it song. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think Jesse, you said this when, when, when we spoke and you, you were talking about how it was, how he did that on Broadway. And it really brought a whole other dimension to that yeah. song you know, of where it fit in the set list, you know, and, and it yeah. was the yeah. context that it was set in made it a very different thing. Yeah, it did. And, um, you know, as we, I, I've shared, um, and now that we've all seen it, you're like, that's a weird, but then when he talks about the, sometimes you just got to dance like his mom and then they play that and going right into land of hope and dreams. It's just a really <laughs> strong one, two punch. Yeah. Um, I, although I have to say, well, we're going to start yeah. drifting, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've invited <laughs> yeah. the world to join us. Um, and uh, I have 
blocked out an hour of my of family time. I told people I'm going to be talking at least for an hour. My lovely wife sent me to McDonald's to get us breakfast this morning. That's why I keep turning off my mic so you guys don't watch me, you know, chomping on a hash brown. And uh, so we got all the time. We can go wherever we want. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, when I saw Broadway the first time, uh, it was literally like the first night, like the first mm -hmm. night of previews. And at the time, he there he actually had no context provided uh, for Dancing in the Dark. Like he didn't have that 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 link about his mom in there, and it just sort of came at that point. Yeah. And and it, and, it, and I remember thinking like this is really odd. Like it's the one point of the show that like I don't know why. Like it felt like he just sort of threw it in there gratuitously, and I left thinking like okay, it was an awesome awesome show. Except for like yeah, Dancing in the Dark. I don't know why it was there. And then you know I went back a year later uh and saw it and he had of course the whole i think he'd fleshed out the story and figured out how to have that add resonance to it and and yeah and then it had a completely different effect to me because i'm like okay now now i feel and see the context that i didn't before yeah, yeah. i think so um another thing i i'm curious just because that's how my brain works <laughs> uh you know i wonder when he recorded this you know yeah, and, and where was his I, mean, I was like, actually wondering because I was wondering. You were saying his voice sounds really good, and I was wondering yeah. whether Broadway had an influence on that because he well, wasn't shouting his lungs out every night for a year. You know, he had a, he could take his time and and really work on it. You know, a few minutes ago, I went back and I dug up because I was obsessing over this. It was in my head, and I remember that back in uh, 2014, just after the High Hopes tour finished. This is you're going to get insight into the way my brain works on this little random trivia theft stuff. That's perfect. That that that, that Patty shared an Instagram post of Bruce working on new music. And it was called, she called it, I, I assumed it was a song title called The Last Churro. And it, it had the orchestra. I mean, he was basically like conducting the orchestra and recording the string parts. Right. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if any of that ended up on the new album. And I just went back like minutes before we got on this to go and listen to it. And it, it wasn't, I mean, it, I couldn't recognize it from the album, but it had the same lush sound to yeah. it and i'm wondering if like you know he came off the high hopes tour and was actually just recording that music um because i'm sure I, I feel like he wouldn't have brought all those musicians together for like a random outtake um <laughs> yeah but it also makes me think like there's more yeah <laughs> like, you know, well there always it's is not, isn't that? it's not all there's the always is well yeah. said um yeah because like i was thinking first off I i'm greedy I would love a small tour as long as it's come more close enough that I could go to, yeah. mm -hmm. to kind of see this, yeah, um, you know, Brian Wilson, when he first started touring, I was lucky enough that he did pet sounds live and he would use the local orchestra. Like when he was here in Dallas, mm -hmm. um, you know, he had part of the Dallas sympathy orchestra playing all the parts of pet sounds. And I just could picture Bruce at Bass Hall or one of these, you know, with this lush orchestra, you know, singing some of these songs. Um, you know, maybe a second Broadway gig with a, uh, you know, a full orchestra would be kind of cool. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I he totally does down. even even the smaller albums. He's tended to tour. I mean, he did, obviously, he didn't tour High Hopes particularly, did he? But I mean, he's tended to tour. He he's tended to tour pretty much everything. Yeah, so, and I, I, you know, I, I, my theory is um, he's sticking close to home because of his mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also think based on the 
interview he had with the Italian paper, um, he's finishing up material for the band and they're going to plan to record maybe later this year. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, and he's talked about, you know, 2020, a full tour. Um, I tell you another thing I wanted to get you guys opinion on, you know, it's 2019 and this could be the summer of the E street band. Kind of uh, I mean, you know, little Steven new album, mm-hmm. Neil's a new album. There's, um, Gary has talked about, he's going to release yeah. a new album. Jake. Gary's got something coming. Yeah. Jake, new album. Max is, um, I got to tell you on a side note, talk about rambling. Someone posted on Facebook, the Austin Statesman that Max Weinberg was going to perform. And I went, okay, Linda, we're going to Austin. (laughs) Can we report it? No, I I don't care. There's no way I'm not going to this. And then it was not Austin, Texas. (laughs) I was just, ah. So, uh, yeah, that, um, uh, cause I would love to do that. Um, so yeah, this, and now you've got a new Bruce album. Um, And what I love is how the guys seem to be all supporting each other, which you think they would. I mean, they love each other. They do think of themselves as brothers. And I remember little Steven on Twitter last year, someone was complaining that, oh, you know, when are we going to get an E Street Band tour? And little Steven says, no, this isn't. This is the time for you to enjoy Neil's. This is mm. time for you to enjoy me. We'll get back together. Don't worry. But right now, enjoy what you have. And um, I would do that if they would just all come to Seattle. None of them are coming except for Max. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'll be there for Max. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm cool. like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is uh, Seattle tough as Dallas. Uh, but let's not even talk about Scotland. Poor James. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He does. It, to be fair, he does. He does hit us up mo- usually once each tour. Um, yeah. We 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 get. But the difficulty is we we tend to try and travel because he he plays in Glasgow yeah. at the football ground there. Yeah. And it's not the sound isn't great, so we yeah. we tend to avoid that if we can. Yeah. Um. So as we we've kind of talked about initial uh, thoughts. Um. Any tracks that have stood out to you? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, the singles that were released, you know, I I love them all. Tucson Train hooked me instantly. But when I when I got the album and listened to it, the one that like instantly worked its way into my heart, like it's actually I think one of my top songs from his entire catalog now is uh, Dry Fast, the Stuntman. Yeah, that's a great track. It is a good track. It struck me as, you know, like he's had. A whole series of these like story songs before right mm-hmm. like the hitter and you know the wrestler and i don't know maybe it's the theme of the, the occupation <laughs> i don't know I, I just popped into my head right now actually i noticed that but you know he's got these like these darker sort of story songs these narratives but that have sort of been lighter on the 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 melody and also more of the universal resonance and then he's got like these relationship songs right these 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 love songs that you can sort of gravitate to and he kind of fused them together and there's actually like a story and a narrative that's very specific about this character and yet you know the whole the, the whole theme of it that works in a specific level about him and his job and just sort of the theme about just go for it right just like throw your whole heart into it and don't worry. And I just love it. Like, and musically, 
it's it's I think it's 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 more distinct I think than yeah. a lot of the other tracks on the album it's, and yeah. and lyrically it's just it's it's wonderful it's the high point. Yeah, it was the music that grabbed me first I've got to yeah. say because it it moves away from that sort of standard Bruce approach if you like where you know don't get me wrong he's the guy's a musical genius yeah. but he he has quite he takes quite a traditional approach I suppose to to sort of music and arrangements and stuff you can um, hear references to other songs and a lot yeah, of that, so, yeah. And, but drive fast he's got so he throws in some chord changes and key changes yeah. and stuff that you're really not expecting yeah. you know and he, and he strikes off on a slightly you know slight tangent and it yeah. really makes it much interesting and and quite a, a cleverly crafted song i think uh, I, I yeah i i totally agree i i it was the one song i i listened to and i'm like i don't hear anything but this song yeah and it, and it feels distinctly his uh, yeah uh, the other one that grabs me is western stars as well i've got oh, to yeah. say the title track is is a really strong song totally agree yeah, that's. But again, uh, it's it's very it's he's 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 playing within himself. You know what I mean? He's not he doesn't he never really lets go and and sort of you know strikes up the band and heads out there. And you know he he's it's very contained. He's he's keeping it all inside and and being very controlled about how he kind of projects what it is he's doing. Uh, yep. It's it's a uh, a very um what do you say Com contemplative, contemplative. Yeah, that's I think is a great word that was in my head actually when i was saying yeah, yeah. um i totally agree i um i like both of those i you know when you throw in those two the hitchhiker um this is almost like a collection of short stories yeah mm -hmm. you know western tales by bruce springsteen um and they're you know the wrestler has a feeling of weariness yes and um of age and yeah. um i think these songs have that same weariness but not necessarily in a bad way you know Weary, i even not resigned yes oh perfect because <laughs> mm. you know i i just turned 60 and um and i realize in the grand scope of things that's you know nowadays that's not old when you're 20 60 seems very old <laughs> when you're 45 or 50 60 doesn't seem old at all but you do have a sense of there is less road in front of you than there is behind you it's not a depressing thought it's just that's the reality and there was a little bit of that in these songs and that you know i've had a long life um i i'm still forward to what life's going to give me um they're they're very good story songs mm -hmm. and um you, you know harry chapin is one of my other favorite uh musicians and you know that's harry made a living off story songs um and so i think this is a really nice change of pace and and a lot of people have talked about this but i want you to to share um you know when when you first heard this and you hear it um expand on what people say this is something this is not like anything bruce has done before yeah. well <laughs> i feel like almost everything is, is unlike anything he's ever done before in a way that's <laughs> kind of what is is fascinating and maddening sometimes about his stuff right um i you know you mentioned uh you mentioned hitchhiker 
uh, hitchhiking rather uh, that, when i first heard that song it felt to me like an overture you know mm -hmm. like like it was setting out the theme for the record because it kind of it wasn't that things happened in it it was sort of just introducing a series of characters through these vignettes from the view of a character right and then the record just sort of opens up and starts to tell these stories and you know i've seen all these descriptors of it as as a cinematic record and i always thought of it as like cinematic the way like thunder road is cinematic right with this just like screenplay type you know imagery but but it is different it almost is like when i listen to the album it feels like the soundtrack of a movie that was never made uh mm -hmm. or, or, or movies that were made it, it feels so like i could almost see the action when i listen to some of the songs it sounds so much like a, not just songs written for a movie but the score of a movie if you actually listen to, to some of the songs yeah it's, definitely uh, it's, it's fascinating to me yeah, and I think it is. It is. I think, as you said, everything he does is different. I think Bruce has been very good at, at not necessarily reinventing himself, but allowing himself to to go where he wants to musically, and not feel that he has to stick with a you know a, a, an image or a genre. He just kind of whatever he feels like doing, he does. You know, and take it or leave it. I mean, it reminds me a little bit. The overall thing, I suppose, reminds me a little bit of when Ghost of Tom Jode came out. Because that was a real change yeah. um, in tone and in and in structure and and everything. And uh, at the time, a lot of people were kind of, you know, p taken aback by that a little bit. And now I was. Um, but over time, you know, it it's almost settled into its place now. Yeah. Um, and and every album does that. Devils and Dust was the same, you know. And I think when when the Seeger Sessions album came out people were a bit surprised and were thinking, what the hell has he done here? But now you look back on it and it's a, a, a great addition to, to his kind of, um, his he's got his toolbox of things he can draw on and, and it's just adding to that. So yeah. this I think is, it'll be interesting to see what he does with these live, definitely. Whether he does them, tries to do them orchestrally or whether he, there are, there are a couple in there where you can almost hear them as band versions. Yeah, um, you know, I think, if you go back, um, you know, with Nebraska, but now then Atlantic City is now yeah. just as realistic as an E Street Band song, mm -hmm. um, you know, when they do it. Um, I, I think you guys are both really on point. I especially like the idea that the first song, you know, the guy who's the hitchhiker, almost is, you could see if we were doing a television show or a movie that uh, as Rod Sterling type, you know, <laughs> presenter of the different story. Yep. Um, and, and there's a joy to that song there where is. he's just, I I'm just riding. You know, and I laughed. Yes. I laughed out loud when the song started because there's like there's no introduction he's just no he's just there, he's straight in that the yeah. register. <laughs> <laughs> and i burst out laughing because it was so unexpected yeah. well yeah. and we did immediately you know bruce's a high falsetto yeah. and you know his the twanginess and um it, it just yeah you're in there and um 
I guess um, Penn Gillette talks a lot about that. You know, he believed everything that Bob Dylan said in his early about, you know, um, riding the rails and, you know, doing all this uh, traveling around the oh, country. And so Gillette said, I did it because I thought that's what my hero was doing. Um, <laughs> so there is that feeling of this person because, you know, immediately I go, it's dangerous to hitchhike. You know, <laughs> that's what my daughter said. And then why should that guy not worry that he's yeah. going to be picked up by someone who's crazy? But okay, let's throw away reality for a moment. Well, and let's know? also acknowledge that, you know, if, if we were to assume that Bruce was uh, advocating for yeah. everything he sings about, uh, we would have to seriously worry about him after Nebraska. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, go back to um, you know the river. Uh, uh, you know, on uh, Hungry Heart, uh, Bruce told me to leave my child and uh, go. Uh, I'm heading to Baltimore. Um, the Plus, Jesus Christ, I mean, Bruce just leaves basically in his songs. Yes. That's all he's. He never. He's never anywhere for more than about five minutes. Absolutely. Um, I I love the idea, and I agree with you. Um, Bruce, and I hate to use the word reinvents himself, but he likes, he wants to try new musical things. He wants to do, there is, um, and I saw a little bit of, uh, mostly positive things on Twitter yesterday. It was a very, um, as we're recording this, um, for those of you who are listening after the fact on the podcast, we're it's Saturday morning, uh, after the release, um, I have, uh, James and Ken with me. Uh, the link is still open. We're hoping other people will join us, but if not, the three of us are having a great time. Um, so yesterday on release day, my Twitter feed was just filled with, you know, people talking about the album, how much they liked it, you know, what they, um, loved. Um, you know, it, it was number one on whatever chart they do nowadays, you know, so, um, but someone kind of sent a tweet like, Hey, you should appreciate the fact, um, he's already done born to run. He's already done darkness. Let him do what he wants to do. And a couple other replied back. I'm not saying he's got to do born to run again. I'm not saying he's got to do darkness again. What I'm saying is I don't particularly care for this album. Um, and I have the same feeling. I, I'm not a big fan of the Seeger sessions. Now, when I see the songs done live, uh, there is a joy to them and I get it. But as far as the album itself, there's three or four songs I really love. And the rest of them, they're, they're just, I'm not saying they're bad songs. They just don't speak to me. So I think as a fan, you can pick and choose. Well, this song doesn't speak to me or I don't particularly like this song. That doesn't make you a bad fan. It doesn't make that you're not supporting Bruce. Just everyone's tastes different. Okay. So here's a fascinating question uh, that I was thinking about as you were saying that is, is if you were brand new to Bruce's music, if you had never heard anything before, uh, and this is the album that you first came across, <laughs> would you take to it or, or, are we sort of predisposed to, if not like it, at least give it more consideration or add the context that we have of his other music in his life uh, when we hear I it? Think, I think there's, there's, there's definitely an element of that. I think 
it's um, from that perspective, it's it, it it will always get something of a, a free pass, if you like, from fans. <laughs> I mean, they're they're gonna like pretty much whatever he brings out to some you, degree you, or another. You, you get you get at least the patience and attention of a careful listen, right? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Um, if Aaron Sorkin is writing a new TV show or a new movie. I go in. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch it. You know, yeah. and and uh, people, other people may not like it, but I'm going to tell you, it would have to be absolutely horrible for me not to find something in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like Studio 60. I like Newsroom. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm I'm an Aaron Sorkin fan. Yeah. I do picture a. Let's just pick an age at random. Some 19 year old college student going. Hey, I've heard about this Bruce Springsteen. Let me pick up Western Stars and see. I heard this guy's a rocker. And then put this in, go, wait a minute. Is this, this is my <laughs> grandparents' music? Yeah. yeah. Um, I that's exactly what I think they would say, don't you? Yeah, totally, yeah, absolutely. On the other hand, I also think what I what I picture in my head, which would be amazing, is is that nineteen year old kid who picks up Western Stars, thinks, "Oh, this is this is quite yeah, I quite like this. Yeah. Let's go and see what else he's released." And it's just like, "Oh my God, are you in for a treat?" <laughs> if you yeah, think Western Stars is good, just hang on to your hat. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, it would be. I think it'd be interesting. Particularly, I mean, this is one that's interested me for a while actually because. Um, from speaking to um, Rob and JB, mm -hmm. um, who do Springsteen Scenes the Alphabet, they yeah. are relatively new Springsteen fans. I mean, they right. they came from like Magic, basically. I think JB was Wrecking Ball was his first yes. album, um, and they've then gone back and, and listened to the early stuff. Now, Magic is potentially one of my least favorite Springsteen albums. Um, mm -hmm. That's a Springsteen's on a hell of a scale, you know. It's yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's it's not one that, I, that really grabs me. Um, mm -hmm. But Rob and JB uh, love very much the same songs that I do. Yeah. Um, and and I was a fan from you know, greetings from As Asbury Park. So it you you can be surprised sometimes. I think by what people get, and that's the thing. It's very easy to presume what other people are getting from it you, you, you kind of think they're listening to it in the same way that you do but yeah. then everyone listens to it in their own way and everyone takes their own thing from it you know I, and, and I, you it's very easy to fall into a trap of of assuming that everyone hears the same thing yep i always offend people when i tell fans that uh you know my least favorite springsteen album is darkness <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And I love some of the, I love the songs. I love some of the well, some of the songs I love. But as an album, it's just it's it's too much. I just yeah. I am much for me. I am so glad you say that because <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing it, when I rank. And now I like I if I if I'm ranking the albums, I I think someone just did that on Twitter, and I thought about it. You know, I wouldn't put it bottom, but it isn't an album that I go to over and over again, uh, though individual songs I love. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, once again, to talk about another podcast, um, this um, Rock of the Suburbs, as they did Bruce Springsteen week, they had uh, Jim and Patrick, who are the two hosts, their friend Mike, who's a huge Springsteen fan, and then intern Sam, who is 
just a fairly, he just graduated college and he has been their intern and he self-serving went and bought darkness after I was on their show. He said, uh, he gives me credit. He says, um, Jesse was so excited about Bruce Springsteen. I saw darkness available on album. I picked it up and became a fan. And so hearing his perspective of like when he put on Nebraska, he's like, what is this? Um, and I shared the story that right out of high school in 1977, I discovered the Beach Boys. I picked up an eight track of called Endless Summer, which was a collection of a lot of their surf hits and mm -hmm. other stuff. Great eight track, still one of my favorites. Um, I have the CD and, I, you know, when it's summer, we'll put it on. Um, so I'm going through and buying every Beach Boy cassette, you know, eight track I can find because I'm just, I discovered this new band, uh, you know, in 77. Um, and then when I got to Pet Sounds, I went, what, what is this? This doesn't sound like anything else. What there's songs without words on this. What, what is this? <laughs> um, and I kind of set it aside and then later, um, and then now it's one of my top albums, but I wasn't, my mind wasn't in the place to hear this. So I think that could be uh, someone new might have the same feeling of Western yeah. stars. While we already have, we have a developed a taste. Our palate is, is um, Bruce Springsteen ready. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, let's, let's see what nuances and flavors as I take this music in similar. Like if you develop a, your palate for bourbon or scotch. Um, if you aren't used to it, it comes out, it's just it's fireness. But once you develop a taste, you you do, uh, when you're smelling it and tasting all the different flavors that the yeah. wood has given it. So, or am so I, I overcomplicating it? No, 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 you're not. It's, it's, the, it's, 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 uh, Bruce's music ages well. And mm -hmm. I don't mean necessarily just holds up like over time because because it does but it's just it it over time i think it gets you notice more nuance mm -hmm. and it takes on more resonance because you also place it in context with the body of his work and, yeah. the, and the other thing i've been thinking about lately is it's just if you go back and you look at the themes right and even listen to some of the ways we've described the the music and the tone of the vocals it's like he is aging and those <laughs> themes are reflected a lot overtly and sort of implicitly in the stories that he tells in the lyrics and you know being uh, you know on the upper end age-wise of fandom now right mm -hmm. uh is like i wonder if if i get more out of it as i age being sort of keeping pace i mean bruce has got some time on me but still it's like um working on uh, working on a dream for example uh, has become one of my favorite albums over time. It steadily right. increases because I appreciate and understand more of the theme of aging of that entire record <laughs> as it starts to sink in on me as I'm aging um, than I did at the time that it was released, you know, 10 years ago. So, uh, and, and, you know, I wonder like with this album, if younger fans, the 19 year old would kind of just sort of get the world weariness of it. Right. And then kind of grow into it. Yeah. What 
Ken, I think you bring up a good point that I cannot remember who said this, but um, someone on the podcast mentioned you can't appreciate a uh, tone of love till you've had your heart broken a couple of times. Yeah. And um, I believe it. And, and, you know, while I luckily I've been married 35 years, uh, Linda and I, you know, as I joke, 33 of them, the happiest years of our lives, <laughs> um, you know, cause we've certainly had our bumps in the road, but I, I, I haven't had my heart broke that often, but I've seen the, the wear and tear a relationship can have on you. And mm -hmm. if you aren't diligent, if you aren't working on it, if you aren't sharing that, you know, putting each other first at times, mm -hmm. um, it can, it, the relationship can deteriorate. So that's why um, it's one of my favorite albums. It would make my top five. Um, and I understand all its flaws, but I think me personally, Springsteen comes down to a personal connection. The song speaks to me or they don't. And to bring it back to Western stars, this, I, I don't know if it speaks to me yet. And we, I set that rule up very early. This is just first impressions, initial thoughts, but I, I want to know more about these characters. It is mm -hmm. a book that I've just started and I'm really looking forward to doing more of a deep dive to get to know these characters and these stories. <laughs> that's a good, uh, that's a good approach to take. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks absolutely. for bringing it back to the album too. Cause we, had, we had just <laughs> yeah. did part of the Hey, can we talk for a minute about uh, talking about deep dive? Can we talk about sleepy Joe's cafe? For a minute, <laughs> I love <Sleepy> <laughs> because if you want to talk about going deep in that, that song that like I hear, you know, so if 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 Drive Fast is sort of the most distinct and unique song on the album, Sleepy Joe's Cafe, I hear so many other Springsteen songs in it that I almost feel like it had to be a deliberate attempt to let's see how many let's see how many quotes and references yeah. and things it, I can It strikes me a little this. bit of um reminds me a little bit of uh, Tweeter and the Monkey Man by the Traveling Wilburys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's... Exactly. It's like everywhere, right? From the first line, right? Yeah. There's like a there's the first line is is like a reference to Rosalita, right? It's it's sort mm -hmm. of parallel to it. Yeah. Uh if, you know, if you go down towards the end, you can sort of see echoes of, of Highway Patrolman. If you look at the the last verse yeah. saturday night the lights are bright as the folks pouring from town joe keeps playing joe keeps the blues playing that, that whole saturday night and the blues that rhymes are tougher than the rest yeah there's yeah. a million miles away from secret garden there's the whole the bridge if you go back and go back and listen to the bridge and then listen to i'm a rocker yeah <laughs> they're the same basically yeah <laughs> like, he's always he's, he's covering himself yeah it's like well, it's everywhere through the song and it just makes me like I'm like this has to be intentional yeah. yeah, um, you know, for the longest time, my buddy Sam, you know, when we were going to a show during the I think it was the magic uh tour, I said, What are you wanting to hear? And he said, If I could hear anything from Ghost of Tom Joad, I'd be happy. And they ended up doing Ghost of Tom Joad. And that became that's the E Street Band song that gets played from that album, mostly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I could see Sleep Joe Cafe is going to be when someone says play something for Western Stars. This would be a show, a, a song that could be similar to Mary's Place. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, similar to um, Open All Night, like when the Seeker Band did it. You know, this rocking band song of just joy, and it's everything in there. It's it's live music. Um, you know, a marriage is a partnership. Um, you know, there, there is that it's, you know, at five o'clock, you know, so it gives me a little bit of out in the street. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love that song. I think it's, it, it's, and I read somewhere, you know, someone, a couple of critics has said that they think it's one of the weakest songs on the album because it is kind of a copy of a copy of a copy. I, I don't feel like right. it is a copy of a copy. I just think it's a new take on similar themes. Yeah, I kind of would have to agree with the critics on that one. I mean, I, I, it's the one song on the album that doesn't really do anything for me other than just make me notice all the, the references. And maybe I just need to listen to it a few more. And I, times, and, I, and I do think, by the way, I do think it is a highly likely candidate for an E Street Band tour. And I suspect that mm-hmm. it will it will expand right and mm-hmm. take on more uh life in, in concert um so you know my mind is open on that but as i listen to it it's kind of uh i have to admit i've heard you know the album a couple times through and the last time through i kind of just skipped past that one <laughs> so excited but i did nothing wrong with that <laughs> um yeah i can picture the band expanding a lot more instrumentals you know kind of you know um bef- between choruses Um, You know, everyone having a chance. Um, I definitely see Susie doing a little violin, Mm -hmm. you know, Charlie doing uh, maybe the accordion. Um, So, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think Tucson Train is a pretty strong likelihood for an E Street Band version, too. Yeah, although this is now this is this is a very minor point. I don't know whether you've you this is this is picked out for you. Tucson Train, the chorus, it really stood out for me that he's. Uh, this uh, it sounds like I'm nitpicking. He's almost got like huh. one too many words in there. It's like he's str- he's, he's racing to get I, to the end of the line. I, I my like baby's that. coming in on the two song yeah, train. It's the in that yeah. That, that it was just like it's it's a weird cadence, but I like it actually. It's uh, the first couple times I sang along, I was singing along wrong to it, and I'm like, why am I off the beat of this thing? And then I would listen, I'm like, oh, because there's that in that's yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, and um, like. I always have the nitpicking um, on the wrestler. Have you ever seen a one-legged dog? I'm like, a one-legged <laughs> dog can't move. What? what, what no. What? Yeah. I mean, a three-legged, three-legged dog, dog, maybe, but you know, one-legged, they would just sit there. Well, there's also living in the future, right, with the barrel of a pistol spinning around. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, Barrels don't spin. <laughs> it's it's you know, he's not always the. Uh, Right. Sometimes it's more the the impression of what you're trying to convey right. than no, the yeah. actual yeah. accuracy of the imagery. Yeah. So. Uh, hand wave is what we call it when we're yeah. talking. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I do TV show uh, podcasts, we talk about and a hand wave. You're like, wait a minute, this doesn't. Um, yeah. Just let yeah. it go. Yeah. Now I do agree. Um, I really liked Hello Sunshine. Um, the uh, next one, I'm drawing a blank. That goes one miracle. Yeah, was yeah. okay. I, you know, I didn't dislike it. It was good. And then I love Tucson Train. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. maybe it's just I love the video of the full band. I yeah. love him performing yeah. it, and I love the earnestness of the song. That I screwed up. 
I know I screwed <laughs> <Yeah>. up. Yeah. <laughs> and I've gone off to redeem myself. Yeah. And now then I've begged, I've pleaded, just come for a weekend. Yeah. Just come for a weekend. You aren't making any promises. We aren't, you know, you're not committing anything. Just come for a weekend and let's see what we can do. And she said, yes. And that joy, the protagonist is saying is I, I, you know, I was a lousy guy. I've, I've messed up, but I'm going to show her a man can change. It is such a hopeful song. It is. And what a fascinating bookend to his other train song. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> think about that downbound yeah. train yeah. compared yeah. with tucson train right yeah it's the it's the i screwed up and now all is lost right? yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. i screwed up and there's hope and, you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and i'm and, gonna fix this yeah and there it is a very hopeful song and um the romantic in me thinks that it goes well that weekend and then they try another weekend and ultimately you know um they're back together. Um, but it's perfect us not knowing that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just is setting the persona. That is great. I had to wonder when I was listening to it if Bruce was like, is this all subconscious or is there part of his head going like, yeah, every time I sing Downbound Train, I'll just wish that character could have another shot. <laughs> and mm. and yeah, that was mine. Like it was just, it's such a, it's such an, they're so similar, those two songs. So um, but with different that's outcomes. a great question. Um, we should get a list of questions that we should ask Bruce when, if ever <laughs> yeah. the other point is um, someone brought up Racing in the Street you know, she sits on her daddy's porch. Is that the same porch as Thunder Road where she <laughs> crosses the porch while the radio plays? You know, is that the same porch? Is there a Springsteen verse out there? Yeah. 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 And, and is that, you know, that's kind of an unofficial sequel yeah. to Thunder Road that, you know, they, they got together, but there's still, you know, things did not go as well as they thought. I, I just a curious. Yeah thought of that and or just porch is something that happens a lot of things and so it's it doesn't mean any connection at all yeah and sometimes you and sometimes i I suspect even as the 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 songwriter you don't know you know you don't know you don't really know where these things come from they they kind of come out of nowhere um you know he talked a little bit of that in storytellers right he said Mm -hmm. was i you know but i was feeling it um the other story i love is um i was reading years ago um a science fiction writer named isaac asimov um oh yeah prolific writer great Mm -hmm. you know written you know one of my favorites books yes and um he was presenting a, a lecture and he said what the story meant and a member in the audience said no no that isn't what it means at all <laughs> and corrected him and you know dr asimov said no, i'm the guy who wrote it and the audience member said why do you think just because you wrote it you know, you know what it's about <laughs> and um asimov said he was right mm-hmm. and i now never assume yeah. i know what i meant for it to be but yeah. that isn't necessarily what my reader got out of it yeah. and i think that's that's a beautiful story about the power of art 
Well, there's another way to look at it too, right? There's yeah. what you there's what you mean to convey as the artist. There's what the listener or the reader or the viewer takes away from it. But then there's a third piece of it, which is what your subconscious was trying to work through as well that you weren't yeah. intending to convey, right? But is actually there underneath, and I suspect that's there at times in Bruce's work too, actually. So. And actually, and all those, a lot of those things can change, you know, like you were saying, you were saying before about, you know, the, you, the feeling you have about an album changes over time, because you change, you know, and I think yeah. as an artist as well, artists, some artists will look back on their earlier work and, and look at it differently than they did at the time. Yeah. You know, and that will maybe then influence them. They're almost influencing themselves then, you know. Yeah. Like when you think about um, No Surrender, um, initially, it's just this, this fun, pop song about uh friendship you know not liking school this whole thing but um as i've talked to people on the podcast that have fought medical issues and my own very minor cancer scare um you know no retreat no surrender became an anthem to us mm -hmm. and so it's a song about perseverance and brotherhood supporting you during tough times. It's the same song. It's just my life experience oh, yeah. has changed how I think about it. Um, okay, we. Um, I, I, I hope you two have had fun. Um, oh, yeah. This Absolutely. is. I I think I'm going to try to do these in the future, just uh, to see and just kind of fun, just to get a couple of people on and just no particular agenda, just visit. Um, we're going to wrap it up soon. Uh, James, do you have any final thoughts? Um, just that I think it's it, this one's going to be a grower. I think it, immediately on listening to it, I liked it. But I know I'm going to need to listen to it a few more times to really get in there. Um, uh, more so than it did when I, I remember when I first heard, I think it was Magical working on a dream. I can't remember. And I thought, no, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. And I have, come to, I have come to like both those albums. But this did grab me and did make me think, because it's such, like I say, it's almost like a, a concept album. It reminds me a little bit, not in tone, obviously, but in the overall picture, if you like, of Green Day's American Idiot, mm -hmm. which has been made into like a, a, a musical. And I could almost see that happening with this. You know, it feels like there's this narrative <laughs> yeah. running through it. You know, you've got all these characters that you could almost see them. Like you said, it's almost like a collection of short stories. You could almost see them appearing together in this universe that that is connected. Um, is, isn't there already a show, Smoky Joe Cafe, that was? It's um, I think a songwriter's. I'll, I'll have to look that up. But yes, I could see this being a. Um, you know, Billy Joel um, had moving on Mama Mia. Uh, the Beach Boys had a short one that was based on the Beach Boy mus music. So. Um, this would make an interesting film or mm. uh, Broadway and kind of using this as the soundtrack and basis. I think that would be great. Um, Ken, how about you? Uh, it is immediately one of my favorite Springsteen albums. I, 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 I wouldn't even know how to do a ranking of it yet, but I mean, it's, it's up there. It's certainly one of the albums I most enjoyed just listening to. I love yes. the musicality of it. I love the production of it. Thank you, Bruce, for just in, just making it so 
pleasant and soothing. I don't mean soothing in a boring way, but I mean just in a, a pleasant on the ears way. Um, it's just very, like I said earlier, it's, it's contemplative. And so I feel like I need to let those songs sit and listen and really kind of get inside them uh, a bit. But there are certainly some songs that have, have grabbed me initially. And then, you know, the other thing I'd say is it is a driving record. It is an awesome record to listen to. I mean, I've only had a chance to really listen to it while sitting in traffic. Um, yeah. I'm doing a road trip this summer with my wife and I'm really just looking forward to just getting out on an open road and just letting it just like fill the space and fill the sky and just kind of like feeling it. Um, yeah. Um, a few, several years ago, uh, Brian Wilson went back and took the original smile tapes and did a new version of, yeah. you know, his, his version of what the small album would have been. And it is one of those where I don't pick individual songs when I'm ready to listen to it. <laughs> I start the beginning and mm -hmm. I go all the way to the end. I feel like I'm going to do this with this album a lot, yeah. not just, Oh, and certainly I'm in the mood to hear Tucson train, but I think more often than not, I'm going to want to just start with the hitchhiker and go all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Um, Ken, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? Uh, best way to reach me is to come to my blog, eStreetShuffle.com. Uh, I post there every day, kind of a this day in Springsteen history post and a, an essay about a particular song or cover. And I'm sure Western Stars will make its way into the mix uh, sometime soon. Um, but would love to have new readers and, and yeah. your feedback. So thanks. And so Ken and I are trying to work out our schedule so we can come back. Um, Cause you've reached a whole year. Of yeah. Greatness, uh, which is after doing 40 days of Springsteen, which ended up being 47 episodes in a row, which was a labor of love. <laughs> I went, you know, 47 is a lot. So I can only imagine 365. Yeah, I'm at like 520, 30 some yeah. days at this point of like every single day publishing. It's a little bit like uh, a marathon that never ends. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you've got to keep thinking, did new things happen yeah. on this day? Yeah. Like, like June 14th next year. You'll have to add that Western Stars was really. Uh, yeah, no, I've got it in my little tracking spreadsheet. Very <laughs> nice. When we talk, uh, I can take you and sort of inside yeah. all the yeah. sources that I use to keep this stuff straight. So, um, And your Twitter handle? Uh, uh, at K Rosen. K all right. Please go to his, um, his blog. It is wonderful. And um, there are times, uh, first off, he finds amazing covers of people doing Bruce's songs or Bruce doing. Um, other people's songs. And then when you decide to take apart a song, it is always fascinating and entertaining. So I uh, love the website. James, how about you? Uh, well, I'm far less interesting. So <laughs> uh, Twitter, at uh, Annalidworm. Uh, so, but all, you, all you'll get is a stream of me quoting Springsteen and other random lyrics and agonizing with people about how rubbish things are generally it's i'm much more your typical twitter user i don't do it produce anything useful i'm afraid well i like reading yours um both ken <laughs> and james have been on the podcast before so if you haven't heard their episode you should go check it back you can do a google search and it'll pop up on your feed uh i am jesse jackson 
Uh, I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. The show is at Set Lessing Bruce on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. Uh, we, uh, I have a couple of interesting episodes coming up in the future. At least I think they're interesting. Always love sharing um, everyone's Springsteen story. Uh, the latest episode I had was Lisa Cohn, who, um, if you haven't heard that episode, you really should. Her elevator pitch is the best seat I had in Madison Square Garden was watching my mother get married with a hundred other people at a Mooney's uh, ceremony. And the best cocaine she ever had was the judge who was friends of her father gave it to her and her father's living room. Um, <laughs> it is. Like oh, fascinating it was, it is. Um, she wrote a book and, uh, you know, her mother joined the Moonies and that kind of, and her father was this very liberal, they both were sixties hippies and they talk about the childhood and how her and her brother kind of survived. It's a very hopeful story yet. There are points where it, and so she talked about how much she loved Bruce Springsteen. So that's a great episode. And so I'm hoping to get some others. Um, hey, James, Ken, thank you for joining. I was worried I'd set this up and no one would come. So uh, I, I am double happy, you know, that I got such two of my favorite people to join me and talk about this great album. Um, listeners, thank you. I hope you enjoy uh, this podcast. And uh, like I said, reach out. Let us know what you think of Western Stars. And uh, for now, take care. And um, for those of you watching live, happy Father's Day. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs>